illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how are you doing this late night? Dude, I am exhausted. I I got to work at about 6.45 this morning, then worked till about 5.45. Then I had to work my other job from 6.45 till, what, 10 o'clock? So anyway, but I'm here because I love you, dog. That's that's why I'm here. Right on. I'm going to tell you something. And I, care about, I'll take, and, I, and I care a lot about our fans. I'll tell you something you don't hear very long. You don't hear very often. Beach, that's a long one. <laughs> well, I do it for a fan. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk Beaver Sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting every week and just generally have some fun. I remind everyone you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and any other podcatcher you have. If you want to get in touch with us, HeinerTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinerTailgator on Twitter, and HeinerTailgator on Facebook. So, Beej, you want to go right into some Beaver Sports news? Dude, yeah, and, and hopefully it's some positive news. Well, Beej, uh, since no other sports are actually going right now, we do have some football news. Okay. Oregon State redshirt senior linebacker Andres Hughes-Murray has been named to the watch list for the 2020 Mayo Clinic Comeback Player of the Year Award. The College Sports Information Directors of America announced Wednesday in association with the Associated Press and Fiesta Bowl organization. Now, Hughes-Murray is one of 53 players from 44 schools nationally on the initial watch list. The Federal Way Washington native is attempting to become the second Beaver to win the award following Jake Luton, who was one of three selections last season. 
Now, Hughes Murray, who was named a team captain for the second consecutive season, missed the entirety of the 2019 season due to injury. Prior to 2019, he had played in 30 career games, making 19 starts. And over that stretch, he recorded 78 tackles with 9.5 tackles for loss and 2 blocks, a pass deflection, and a fumble recovery. Now, the honor is the second um, for Hughes Murray this year. In October, he was named a semifinalist to the William V. Campbell Trophy, given annually to the absolute best scholar-athlete for his combined academic success, football performance, and exemplary leadership. Hmm. So that's always good. You like to hear those kind of things. Absolutely. Um, on to our next piece of news. Oregon State redshirt senior linebacker Hamaka Rashid Jr., junior running back Jamar Jefferson, and redshirt junior offensive lineman Brandon Kipper have been recognized as preseason all-Pac-12 selections by the conference's media. Now, Rashid Jr. was selected to the first team, Jefferson to the second team, and Kipper to the honorable mention squad. Now, Rashid Jr. from Phoenix, Arizona, has already been selected as a preseason All-American by Walter Camp and the Sporting News and is on the watch list for the Benaric, Nagurski, and Butkus Awards, as well as the Lot Impact Trophy. He led the nation uh, with a school record 22.5 tackles for loss last season. He also set the school record for sacks with 14, which placed him tied for third nationally. Now, Rashid Jr. is also a preseason All-Pac-12 first-team selection by Athlon Sports and Phil Steele. Jefferson from Harbor City, California, is on the watch list for the Doak Walker Award as well. In two seasons with the Beavs, he has played in 21 games, making 15 starts, and is 12th with 2,065 yards rushing. He's also 7th with 10 100-yard rushing efforts and tied for 10th with 20 rushing touchdowns. Now, he's also a preseason All-Pac-12 first-team selection by Athlon Sports and second-team by Phil Steele. And finally, Kipper from Caldwell, Idaho, has played in 26 career games at the FBS level, making 12 starts. He is on the Outland Trophy list for 2020 and is a preseason All-Pac-12 selection as well from Athlon Sports and Phil Steele. Wow. Yeah, and Jefferson hit... Uh, he had another 100-yard game on Saturday and three touchdowns. Okay. Yeah. All right, Beach. All right. Sounds like we got nothing going there. No. <laughs> what? You want to hear something? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I got nothing. Sure. Cool. Oh, hold on. Damn it. I hate you. I freaking hate you. Such a dick. Okay. Ugh, hold on. Son of a bitch. Billy. Yes, Beege. This just in. Another one leaves the U of O. One practice into the new season, the Ducks are down another veteran player. The Oregon men's basketball team announced on Friday the departure of Addison Patterson, a sophomore guard who played in 28 games last season. Patterson, a six foot six four-star recruit from Ontario, who reclassified from the class of 2020 to join the Ducks last summer, averaged 4.6 uh, average 4.6 points and 11.1 minutes as a true freshman. Patterson joins CJ Walker and Francis Bacoro as expected returning players who left early. Walker transferred to Central Florida and Okoro transferred to St. Louis. 
Oregon coach Dana Altman, whose team had its first practice of the season on Thursday, didn't address Patterson's departure during a Zoom call with the media on Friday. However, Altman did give his general thoughts on player movement in response to a question about the NCAA's potential one-time transfer rule, which would give every athlete the opportunity to transfer without penalty one time in their careers. For the record, Altman supports the rule change. If a young man doesn't feel the University of Oregon is the right fit, then he can't be his best, Altman said. And for us to try to get to where we're trying to get to, guys got to want to be here and feel this is the best place for them to be the best basketball player, the best student, and the best opportunity for them. Apparently, the U of O student branding Emerge program is letting students know that the Ducks and Nike are taking way too much off the top and there is more money to be made elsewhere. <laughs> Funny how a school that bought and bribed student athletes in a system where such actions were not allowed is now losing its players when the restrictions are removed. And this is your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. Wow. Wow, Beach. Did Willie, yeah, yeah. did Willie Lyles have a comment? I don't think Willie Lyles had a comment on this one, but uh, I get the feeling that uh, suddenly when uh, you're not being paid as much by the school as you can pay in the open market, they're seeing opportunity elsewhere. It could be. Well, I, yeah. I, I, do, I do think that they need to go to that rule where there's only one uh, transfer allowed. Because you got guys transferring constantly right now. They're acting as if it's like the NBA and they're just going to the best, the highest bidder. Yeah. So do they have to lose? Uh, they can transfer right now. Do they have to lose a season like they do in football? I don't know, especially with COVID this year. Oh, are there are there some open? They, yeah, things? there's going to be some different rules, I think. Hmm. I'll see what happens. But it'll be interesting if, you know, you know the fact that they're leaving in basketball, you know, you got so many fewer players in a basketball. Uh-huh. I don't know. Are your endorsements higher? In basketball than they are in, uh, like, football? I don't know. Hmm. No clue. But anyway, I I don't know. Like I said, I think uh, I think part of that Emerge program that the UFO came up with is uh, to convince your students you're giving them a good value. As opposed to actually maybe uh, letting them get their own value. Anyway, there you go. Very well, could be. All right, Beach, are you ready to go under for further review for week number one in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! Week number one was, I mean, my Saturday, honestly, all across the board, other than the fact that we had a good tailgater, pretty much sucked ass. Yeah. Not great. All right. So, um... Last week, after you two losers made me throw out everything we'd done up till now, we started it's, out at 0-0. Zero, it's, zero. it's called democracy, Billy. It's called majority tyranny. All right. So we had six Pac-12 games, which we will have every week of the season, well, at least six scheduled. Mm-hmm. All right. So first up on the list, Beach, was Arizona State at USC. Who'd you take? Um, I think I took USC because they're playing at home. Yep. All three of us did. How'd that work out for us, Billy? Number 20 USC scored two touchdowns in the last in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter to complete a stunning comeback and avoid an upset at the hands of Arizona State, 
winning a Pac-12 opener for both teams, 28-27. Now, Torgen's quarterback, Keaton Slovis, threw for 381 yards on 40 of 55 passing, with both of his touchdowns helping guide the Trojans back from a 13-point fourth-quarter deficit. Now, the game, um, the first uh, first time USC has come back from a deficit of 13 or more points in the fourth quarter since the 2017 Rose Bowl against Penn State. Slovis also had an interception, one of four USC turnovers. Now, the game appeared to be in hand for Arizona State as USC was facing a fourth and 13 from just outside the red zone with 2.52 remaining, down 27 to 14. Now, a stop there would have given the Sun Devils. Hold on, they're going two scores and how much time left? Two minutes? Two minutes and 52 seconds. Holy crap. Yep. Now, a stop there would give the Sun Devils a reward from what had been, to that point, the perfect game plan for pulling off the upset. Arizona State's defense limited USC's explosion plays through the passing game and played solid defense at and around the line of scrimmage. Now, the Trojans were left trying to put together long scoring drives with short gains, and USC could not finish those drives in the end zone. So on that 4th and 13 beach, Slovis heaved a pass into the corner of the end zone in the direction of Amon St. Brown and Brew McCoy. St. Brown went up first with two defenders contesting the ball, and it got tipped right into the hands of McCoy for the 26-yard touchdown to cut the Sun Devils' lead to 27-21. Now, the good bounces for USC continued on the successful onside attempt. In just two plays and a matter of minutes in real time, but importantly, beats just a few seconds off the game clock, the game had flipped. USC had the ball with good field position and a chance to score to win the game. The Trojans faced another fourth down with the game seemingly on the line, and this time there was nothing fluky about the play. Slovis fired a pass over the middle to Drake Jackson, who brought in the score with a defender on his back for a 21-yard catch, with 1.20 remaining to tie the game. The extra point gave USC the 28-27 lead and win. And nobody was in the stands to enjoy it. Nope. Not oh, thank you. Sad. So we all got the win there, although I, th- I think we would have liked to have seen Arizona State win that one. You think they'd let visitors into uh, the Coliseum to watch the game because, you know, they're way the hell away from the freaking game. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. You're no, you're nowhere near the playing service. No, you're not going to get them sick. That's for damn sure. Yep. So, All right, wow, Beach. what a game. Yep. Up next, Beach was Arizona at Utah. You know, I'm pretty sure I took the Utes on this one. Um, all three of us did. How'd that work out for us, Billy? Well, Beach, the game was canceled. So do we count that as a win or a loss? It doesn't count as anything. Doesn't it count it at all? Yep. The season opening game uh, between Utah and Arizona scheduled for Saturday was canceled after multiple Utes players tested positive for the Rona, leaving the team without enough scholarship players available due to isolation and quarter team protocols for contact tracing. That bitch said she was clean. Yep. So uh, one of the Pac-12 rules says that they have to have a certain amount of scholarship players available and they didn't have that that minimum number oh so what makes scholarship different than non-scholarship that's just one of the rules the pac-12 has hmm all right beach so no one had a, no wins no losses on that one up next ucla at colorado oh good old bitch tits um i took the buffaloes correct and Kyle and I, I hate you, Kyle, both took UCLA. 
Colorado tailback Jarek Broussard scored three times in his first start. Colorado's defense produced two big fourth down stops in the final quarter, and the Buffaloes opened the Carl Doral era by holding off UCLA 48-42 on Saturday night. Now, this was far from an easy, even after amassing an early 28-point lead. UCLA cut the deficit to 48-42 with 1.45 remaining on a 9-yard TD catch by Mike Martinez. But the onside kick was recovered by Colorado's Dimitri Stanley, and the Buffaloes ran out the clock. Now, Broussard finished with 187 yards rushing as the Buffaloes won their fifth straight season opener. The game was played in front of 554 fans, made up of family and friends due to COVID-19 restrictions. 551 is a pretty good number of people, though. No, we got a few in there. So you got the win on that one, Beach. Kyle and I did not. Suck it, bitches. Up next, Beach, Stanford at Oregon. Oh, this is where I regret. No, re- no regrets. No regrets. Um, I took, uh, I took the Cardinal. Yep, and Kyle and I Took them damn dirty ducks. As if opening the season at number 12, Oregon, wasn't difficult enough, Stanford announced a few hours before the game that starting quarterback Davis Mills would be unavailable because of Rona testing results and contract tracing protocols. I wonder if he even had it. Don't know. Jack West did a reasonable job in Mills' place, but the offense stalled in Oregon's territory too many times, and a rebuilt Ducks defense, or excuse me, a rebuilt Ducks offense finally got going in a 35-14 win at a rainy and chilly Autzen Stadium on Saturday night. Now, after starting slowly with a new quarterback and entirely new offensive line, the Ducks went on a 96-yard touchdown drive to take a 14-7 lead with 105 left in the second quarter, and then scored touchdowns on their first two drives of the second half. Tyler Shug completed 17 of 26 passes for 227 yards, and C.J. Verdell ran for 105 yards on 20 carries for the Ducks, who haven't been, excuse me, who have been picked to repeat as Pac-12 champs. Stanford cut the deficit to 28-14 with 7:39 to play, when Jones scored from two yards out, set up a by fist, set up by a 73-yard run by Nathaniel Pete, but Oregon scored on the ensuing possession to seal the win. Hmm. Bastards. So Kyle and I got the win there. Up next, Beach, Washington at Cal. Ooh. Um, I'm pretty sure I took the Huskies on this one. Correct. Kyle and I took Cal. In this one, I, I don't know the outcome of this game. Because they didn't play it because it was canceled. So the season opener. Lost, we lost, yep, we lost, lost two games. To the Rona, yep. So the, the, we lost a third of our games to the Rona. Correct. Week. Now listen wow. to this one, Beach. The the game between the Golden Bears and the Huskies was canceled after a single Cal player tested positive for the Rona, and several team play, teammates were placed into quarantine as possible close contacts. The school announced last week. Now, Beach, the City of Berkeley Public Health Department requires any individual who came in close contact with someone who tested positive for the Rona to quarantine at their home or another residence for 14 days. So, Beach, this also casts doubt over the Bears' ability to play this week at Arizona State. Wow. Yep. California is insane. Yep. Now, they have the – here's the thing. They have the, um, the uh, rapid testing, so they can test them every day mm-hmm. if they wanted to. And here's the other thing, Beach. People think, oh, we got to quarantine for 14 days. Most of the time, the incubation period is two to five days. It 
could possibly be as long as 14, but like 90 some odd percent of the time, it's like two to five days. Wow. Such a joke. All right. So none of us got the win there. It's yeah. Anyway. So that one didn't count. It's, it's like they, it's like they want to fail. They're, they're making things impossible. Mm -hmm. But there's a vaccine now. We're all good. Yep. World will be saved. All right, Beach. Uh, up last was our final game of the week: Washington State at Oregon State. And we all took the Beavers, and I just, yeah. Yep. So Oregon State's furious fourth quarter comeback fell short in a 38 to 28 loss to Washington State Cougars on Saturday night at Reeser Stadium. Now, J- running back Jamar Jefferson ran for three touchdowns, including scampers of seven and 15 yards in the fourth quarter, but the Cougs answered with a late touchdown to pad their lead and hold on to win. OSU quarterback Tristan Jebbia finished 34-48 for 329 yards and a TD. Now, the Beavs have been trying to avenge last year's 54-53 loss to the Cougs up in Pullman. What did you think of the game, Beach? I wasn't all that impressed. I, I wasn't with the with the first half and the first drive of the third quarter. Yeah. I thought they finally started putting some things together, but I just – the, the thing that really bothered me defensively was the horrible tackling. Just horrible. Mm-hmm. So many times they were in the right place or even made contact in the backfield and just let the guy go. It was just it was just a lot of really there, there poor effort. Should have had him for, there was plays where we should have had him for a loss, and they ended up getting a decent drive. Yeah. Yeah, just, and just some horrible – you know, the, the punt that was blocked – Mm-hmm. Uh, were partially blocked. I thought that was just a horrible effort on the uh, personal protector's part. I mean, he just let the guy go inside him. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Well, I'll quote you. What I'd like to see is continuous improvement. Yeah. So hopefully uh, next week we uh, – or hopefully this Saturday we, we have a game. So – Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we uh, we play better than that. Mm-hmm. I agree if, for the whole game. Yeah, um, I just I thought four. there was I just thought there were some poor efforts on the offensive line. I thought, like I said, the defense, the tackling. Some, there was one point I can't remember who it was. I think it was a cornerback came up and and one of their running backs was making a run and he came up and instead of trying to tackle him and then punch the ball out, he just mm-hmm. made a swipe at the ball and completely missed and the guy ran for another twenty yards. It was just there was just some pathetic tackling in that game. Now, now, now keep in mind, I don't pay as much attention as you do. Um, do we have a, a new coach in that position this year? No. Why does it seem like every year we regress? Well, some of it I wonder. You know, they didn't get any practice really um, in spring, and then you wonder how much live fire practice they've had. You know, leading up to the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, they have had some scrimmages and stuff, but you still don't know, like I said, how much live fire they've taken. So who knows? You know, there's going to be, there was some ass chewing on Sunday morning. So, but we did have a good little uh, tailgater get together at the barn. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. How many people did we end up having? 15? Ooh, probably right around there. Yeah. It's a good little just time. Enough to, just enough to prevent Kate Brown from going after us. Yeah, exactly. It's a good little time. Yeah. A little time. So, 
But anyways, um, so after this week, Beach, uh, we all went two to a four. Hmm. Kind of pathetic. That is very sad. But who knows the way this season's going to go? It's, yeah. You, you know, I, it just still doesn't feel right. No, it just, it feels all jacked up. Yeah. I agree. I, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy the season at all. I, I, I wonder too. It's yeah. just going to be a, a slog to get through, I think. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Beads, let's talk about the Pac-12 in the polls. After last week's games, Oregon moved up one spot in the AP poll to number 11. USC remained at 20. And Utah, Washington, Arizona State, and Cal all remained in the other votes category. Others received votes category. Although Utah, Washington, and Cal didn't play a game. I was going to say, nice to be able to still getting votes when you don't play. Yeah. Uh, in the USA Today coaches poll, Oregon moved up two spots to number 12. USC remained at 20, and Utah remained in the others receiving the votes category. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week we'll like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. Are, is, are we going to call this the, the Senator Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week Award? Well, technically, he's not sitting yet, so. So. And and, no, no, and, and I don't think uh, that uh, election has been certified yet, so. Uh, okay, but he, did he win pretty handily, or do you know? I haven't, I I haven't been paying attention I, I don't know. But it's because the, the Republicans lost one seat, but then they gained one seat, didn't they? So it's a net zero at this point? Yeah, there's the two seats in Georgia still that have to go into runoffs. Okay, but but they didn't lose anything at this point. I think they had, what, up to three they could lose and yeah. still maintain control of the Senate? Yeah, one of them was Susan Collins, they thought. that. Anyways, I don't know. But, yeah, they haven't, they haven't lost anything yet. Well, Beej, humans aren't always the most logical of species. I think we can agree there. There are things – well, Beej, there are many things we continually do despite any evidence that they're worthwhile, like knocking on wood for good luck, Right. Why do we knock on wood for good luck? Because you're supposed to be um, like uh, the, the wood sprites. You're like, it says something to do with like the wood sprites that inhabit the wood. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, that that's, doesn't really, we don't have any evidence that that does any good, right? Okay. Voting for a Republican in the Portland mayor's race. Yeah. Doesn't really do any good. Nope. Nope. It's right? like, like pissing in the wind. Just a. Uh, you know, getting involved in a land war in Asia. Yeah, that's also bad, bad, bad but decision. O- but only slightly, slightly lesser known, never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. I don't know this one. <sighs> Come on, Beach. That's that's a Princess Bride. You only think I get strong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less known. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Yes, okay. See, Kyle, I might hate Kyle, but he's laughing at that one right now. 
Okay. All right, okay. Beach. But perhaps my nothing... name is Diego Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. But nothing is more galling than icing the kicker. Oh, icing the kicker. Yep. This is something Virginia head coach Je- Justin Fuente found out Saturday. Now, Beach, the uh, the Hokies appeared to have blocked a 59-yard field goal attempt by Liberty University's Alex Barber and returned Liberty again where there were Liberty's in this again. Yep. And, wow. and so the Hokies appeared to have blocked a 59 yard field goal attempt. And That's re- freaking long, especially for college. That's what, that's what she said. Yeah. And, what? and so they blocked it and returned it for an apparent winning touchdown with under 10 seconds to play. But there was one problem, Beach. They called a timeout to ice the kicker. Fuente called a timeout appeared to ice the kicker. So instead of kicking, Liberty decided to run a play on fourth and six. Gained eight yards, then sent Barber back out for a 51-yard field goal attempt, which he drilled home. And the Flames wow. won 38-35. to Wow. Now, after the game, Fuente defended the call, saying both that he always calls a timeout before a kick in that situation, but that the official failed to whistle the play immediately. Then he then he suggested that he had wanted different personnel on the field. But beads, the larger part remains. When a Tim wants the team wants to send a college kicker onto the field for a 59-yard attempt, just let him kick it. Right? No one will remember what you did if he drills it. Yeah. However, Fuente's decision will be called by drunken fans in bars and taverns in Blacksburg, Virginia, for years to come. So. Still, 51 yards, still impressive as hell. Yeah, but not as much as a 59-yarder would have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. But he he didn't get the 59-yarder, though. No, but why are you calling a a timeout to try and ice a 59-yard kick? Yeah. That's just stupid. He's, He's icing himself enough for that long of a thing. Exactly, exactly. So, Virginia Tech head coach Justin Fuente, you get this week's. Jackass of the week. All right, you know, I don't. I don't know if people realize how hard it is to kick a ball that far and that accurate with no. your with a with your leg. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, just kicking a ball stationary without it being snapped, right? Mm-hmm. Just kicking a 25-yard straight and, and true is difficult. Mm-hmm. And freaking A, that's just amazing. Yep. Anyways, all right, it is now time to move on to our musical interlude of the week, and it is my pick. And, Beach, mine pick this week comes off a solo album by the lead singer of Motley Crue, Vince Neil. <laughs> Ooh, is this his first solo album? No. Oh. Now, this album, Beach, is largely made up of covers of 1970s rock songs, with only a couple of original tracks thrown in, including the title track. I don't know this album, you know. I just remember his first, I thought it was his only solo album, which was uh, Sister of Pain. No, he's put out three. Wow, yep. had no clue. Yep. So, Beach, now Neil described the album as having, quote, nothing to do with Motley Crue. Um, this album is basically my life. Now, the album is a soundtrack to the book Vince released the same year called Tattoos and Tequila, 
to Hell and Back with one of Rock's most notorious frontmen. Now, each song on the record corresponds with a chapter in the book. Now, the album's title track was released as a single for the album and features a music video. So, Beach, this is the title song to his book and album, Tattoos and Tequila. Here is Tattoos and Tequila.
All right, Beach. You'd never heard that song before? I don't think I've ever heard that song before. Oh, yeah. So now that's a cover or he wrote that one? That one is a song actually written by Marty Fredrickson. Okay. There, there was another album, song in the album called Another Bad Day, which was written by Nikki Six of Motley Crue, uh, James Michael, and Tracy Guns um, of, uh, of Hollywood Guns. Yeah, and for oh, no, 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 of L.A. Guns, of L.A. Guns. LA Guns. And weren't they in Guns N' Roses for a while? Well, yes. Well, Guns N' Roses was Tracy Guns of Hollywood Guns and Axl Rose of Hollywood Rose put their bands together to make Guns N' Roses. But Tracy Guns was only there for a bit before he bailed and went back with L.A. Guns. Okay. Yep. So, wow, but Nikki Six wrote. Nikki Six even wrote one of the songs. Well, yeah, of- but that song, um, they actually it was made for Motley Crue, but uh, I guess um, Tommy Lee didn't like it at all. Hmm. So they didn't record it. That's funny. Yeah. You know, I I wouldn't be a good rock musician because I'd be a whore for the money. I'd be like, yep, yeah, I'll I'll do that. I I'll do that for a buck. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Well, you know, I always remember ACDC, you know, they, they didn't, and even Kiss, they didn't even care, you know, hey, let's do an album. We might only have three songs on this album that's good, but we're going to do one a year. And so we're satisfying the, the, our, our fans desire for new music and we might not hit home runs with them, but we're putting out some stuff for them to listen to. Yeah. Well, that was more of the, you know, 60s, 70s, early 80s. Um, kind of record. Uh, they didn't. They didn't want good. They wanted them fast. They wanted a lot of stuff put out. You got to put stuff out. You got to keep yourself on top of mind. And really, yeah. it was towards the later '80s when, especially rock bands, started taking longer to put albums out. Well, because I mean, yes, yeah. Especially if you look at Van Halen, you know, between Van Halen one, Van Halen two, uh, Women and Children first, Diver Down. They're 19... putting out an album in a year. Yeah, it was quite a bit. Because that was like, what, 77, 84, they put out that many albums, I think. Mm, yeah, well, 83, because technically 1984 came out. In 83. You know, yeah, very the very last minute of 1983. Yeah. So, anyways. All right, Beach, hope you like that one. Uh, right. It is now time for our week two preview of the Pac-12. Yeah, I, I just like to point out, you're doing a lot of things on tequila. Really? Yeah, just making a comment on that. A lot of your songs are tequila-based. You just now noticed that every song I've picked has been about tequila? Yeah, yeah. I was wondering how long it'd take you to notice. Leave me, you know, I'm tired, work a lot, okay? Yeah, every song I've picked has been tequila. Yeah, I've been a little bit, I've I've been really all over the board. I'm going to see how long I can go with tequila. Uh, That's tequila. Pretty good, yeah. All right, Beach. Uh, we have six games again this week. Now, um, all of the oh, – uh, No, let's change it. We hope we have six games this week. So far, we have six games. Um, now, the one game, the Utah-UCLA game, was supposed to be played on Friday night, but it's been moved to Saturday. Utah asked him to get moved to Saturday, and UCLA accommodated him. So I think to give Utah an extra day to make sure everybody's healthy. Gotcha. All right. So, Beach, um, we've got six games. Up first, number 11, Oregon at Washington State. 
I'm going to take Oregon. It's hurt. It hurts. It hurts so bad. I agree. I'm also going to take the Oregon. Kyle says ducks at wazoo. Stupid ducks. Ducks win. And that's how I am. I don't want them to win. I, I would be very happy to not get that win. Yeah. So. But I just don't think Wazoo's got what it takes to beat them. I don't either. Okay, up next, Beach, number 20, USC at Arizona. Hmm. And we don't know how Arizona's doing because they didn't play last week. Correct. And there's uh, – and Arizona is a is Arizona another team receiving votes category? No. I am gonna take USC. <laughs> I too am taking USC. Kyle says USC and Arizona will play. The game will end. The projected winner will be USC. Final tally two weeks later will show USC did indeed win. <laughs> little 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 commentary on the election there. All right, Beach. Nice. See that. See yeah. that. All right, next up, Beach, Colorado at Stanford. It takes. It's going to take Arizona a little while to figure out if they won or not. Uh, okay, what? Stanford who? Colorado at Stanford. Ooh. Well, I'm kind of a Colorado fan, but I think uh, Stanford's going to correct from last week. So I'm going to take Stanford and they're at home and I, I like their home cause they've got garlic fries and they've got uh, Indian fry bread. So actually it's probably called native native American fry bread. Probably. So you're taking Stanford. I'm taking Stanford. Okay. Cardinal. Kyle says Colorado won't play due to COVID, but if they do Colorado. Really? Um, I'm going to say Colorado also. Really? Yeah. All right. Up next, Beach, Utah at UCLA. Utah. Utah. I'm all, I too am taking Utah. Kyle says UCLA. I haven't picked a home team yet. Okay. So what's, what's Kyle doing? Kyle's the, they're putting was, the tree to the, give the, the tree to the White House. Yes. Well, yeah, they're taking the tree to the Capitol. So the the Forest Service, it's a section he works for, a group. Wherever he uh-huh. works, they had to pick that. They got to pick the tree that went to Washington this year. So they had to go out pick a tree that was a certain size, and he had to core it to see how old it was and make sure how tall it was that it fit in. And they cut it down this week and. I believe this will come out Wednesday. So yesterday, Tuesday, um, it left on the truck and Kyle goes, leaves in a couple days and he meets him there. And normally there's a lot of pomp and circumstances and different things. They would get to go to different events and stuff, but because of the Rona, they don't get to do all that stuff this year. So he gets to hang out in boring Washington, D.C. Yeah. And not even go to all the fun stuff, but he, Ooh, there's, but he's oh, hoping gonna, he's hoping next year they will get invited to kind of make up for not being able to do it this year. There's a couple of restaurants in Washington D.C. God dang, what was the one that I went to? Um, Kimmy suggested one for me. I can't remember what the heck the name was, but it was fantastic. But there's a couple like um, farm to garden restaurants there. 
that are just phenomenal. That's not helpful. I'm sorry. I'll try to look it up. Kyle, I'll send you some info. So you mean in a in a in a huge area like Washington D.C. There's a couple of good restaurants. Oh my gosh! Shut up, shut up, Billy. So Kyle, look around. There's a couple good restaurants. It was called like the Farmer's something. I want to say what it was called, like the Farmer's Plate or the Farmer's. I don't know. So leave me. You know, you jackass. You know, if I knew how to turn this damn thing on speaker, I would, and I'd Google the damn thing, and I'd look it up. But, yeah. Uh, I, I, I hate you so much. All right. I don't even know what I do. I could be in bed right now, <laughs> all right, sleeping. Beach. All right, Beach. Up next is Cal at Arizona State. Oh, I really, I really hate Cal. Let's do Arizona State. Okay. I, too, am taking Arizona State. Kyle says Cal is untested Arizona State. And last up, Beach, the Oregon State at Washington. We always have such a damned hard time with Washington, and we always seem to have a damned hard time with Washington, especially up at Washington. There was three years we the Beavs won in a row at UW. Really? Yep. I just remember... Um, did we have the, the, the one we went up there in the, during the rainstorm where, where Dave was with us and didn't Beavs, bring a jacket. Beavs won. Won that game. Yep. That was in the middle of the three game win streak at okay. Seattle. Well, did we did that one at, uh, uh, when they were remodeling Husky stadium. Mm-hmm. I hated that. That one was a rough gun. That, that was bad refereeing on that game. Yep. That was 2012. Okay, it's amazing you can always remember this. I just remember sitting up in the stands and just being disgusted by the whole thing. Yep. Um. And um, anyway, well, let's see. Sun shines on a dog's ass once in a once in a while. Let's let's go with the beeves. See if uh, we can win. All right, two. I'm taking the beeves. Kyle says beeves. New quarterback starts making plays. Beeves. So this is going to be a horrible week because we all pick the. Ex- oh wait, you pick Stanford. We pick Colorado. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Kyle picked UCLA. So there's a couple differences. Well, I, I pick Stanford. Yeah, you pick Colorado. Okay. Yeah, we could have some change up here. And who knows? Maybe the Rona could impact us on this one. Could be. Could be. Could be. We should put side bets if Rona's going to wipe the game out. Well, Embiid, so this game, this week the game is at 8 o'clock. And next week they actually announced the game time for next week on the game against Cal, 1230. What's, uh, oh, is that Sausage Fest? Yes, if we decide to do something. Hmm. I just feel it'd be wrong if we didn't have Sausage Fest 2020. Well, we'll do something. Okay. Um, this week, we're probably going to do something down at Greg's. Okay. At Greg and Ellen's place. We don't have the um, things finalized, but if you want to come, if people want to come, stay tuned to Facebook. We'll put something on there. And it won't be through game time. It'll be before the game. Probably like 4 to 7. Because 8 o'clock's yeah. damn late. It is a damn late. So. so do we have a menu plan? Um, I'll probably be doing cheesesteaks. Ooh, call. Yeah. Okay. So, because cheesesteaks uh, are pretty easy for me to do. Right there, we just had like 50 people decide they're going to come. <laughs> so, anyways. So, we'll, we'll probably be doing cheesesteaks. 
Okay. But, but we'll, Greg and I will talk about it. We'll get it a little more firmed up, and we'll put something out on Facebook. Are we going to have to put up the big tent? Don't know. Okay. I want to talk to Greg. So, but everyone, uh, if you guys want to, if you're interested, just drop us an email or text me. What, do we have a weather forecast yet for? I think for it might Iceland? be. I think it might be kind of damp. Okay. But he's got a covered area. Okay. But we'll see. We'll do something. Cool. Well, that's okay. exciting. All right. All right, Beach. Before we're said and done today, it is time for the Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke play of the week. All right, Beach. I sent you a link on YouTube. Okay. And I'm going to talk about it here. This is a game between. Um, this is a, a game with a Georgia. Georgia right receiver Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint suffered a gruesome right leg injury in his 32 yard touchdown catch in the first quarter against Florida on Saturday. Have you are you have you played it yet? I'm I'm there. I have to play. A, I have to turn the volume off because I'm watching. Oh, man. Uh, Bad. Okay, so Rosemary Saint, uh, Jack Saint was playing in place of injured wide receiver George Pickens and was just about to cross the goal line when Brad Stewart reached for the tackle. Don't play. Are you playing it yet? I've just paused it. Okay, so Rose and seven. Yep, Rosemary Jack Saint. He kind of lands awkwardly and he's he's tumbled. You can see what happens to his leg now. So you're gonna hit it, hit play in just a second, and you'll see him catch the ball in the seam and run down the middle. And just as he's about to get into the end zone, the Defensive back dives at him from the side. Now, when he tumbles into the end zone, look at his feet. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and hit play. All right. Throwing. Oh, beautiful. Oh, this is. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. (laughs) Oh, God. They don't know yet. Oh, no. And look at his teammate runs up to him and starts like – Trying to congratulate him. He's like, dude, you see my leg? Yeah. My leg? It's yeah. not going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. So he was he was carted off the field with an air cast on his leg. So I was watching that play live. And as soon as I saw him tumble into the end zone and I saw his foot pointing the other way, I'm like, get a, get an air cast in there now. Get it in there now. Just bring it out. And it's funny because you saw the teammate runs up and he's like trying to catch him. And he's pointing at his oh, foot, oh, which is pointing, pointing the other way. He's and, just... And it's just a freak thing because when you see when the guy dives and lands, he lands on his foot, and it just totally dislocated his oh. ankle. Yeah. Oh God! Can yeah. that ever recover from that? Yes, you can, but it's it's going to be some surgeries. Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. I mean, then he was having such a good day. Oh, he was. Well, he's my thing is he scored on the play. So just be glad wow. about that. Did, did, would hate George to... end up winning, did George end up winning the game? No, they did not. Oh, that's it. But but at least he scored on that play. So, yep. So. Oh, God, they keep playing. I mean, oh, good. Oh. It's pretty brutal, yeah. And what's yeah, interesting... Yeah, they got, they, got like, they got like 10 guys around him. Yeah. And uh, what is it? Kyle Allen, the quarterback for the Redskins, actually suffered a similar injury on Sunday where a defender fell into him from the side and dislocated his, his ankle like that. So, yeah. Wow. Pretty, pretty brutal. Anyways, I saw that and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to show that to beach. Oh, that makes me want to puke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just like your reaction when you see it. So anyways, ah. yeah. And I, I see, I know you don't see these things. 
So that's why I can no, send I, I can send I'm you the YouTube link. Stuff, so. Yeah, I can send you the YouTube I, link and get a good reaction. Yeah, I, I'm 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 lucky to see like you know one and a half maybe two football games during the weekend. Mm-hmm. So anyway, anyway. Uh, alrighty. We just hope he recovers from that. Yeah. Don't ever want to see somebody get injured. Not well. Injuries are part, like you always say. Injuries are part of the game, but you hate to uh, you hate to see somebody go through that kind of pain. So and and potentially lose his uh, any potential for a career in football. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. Well, beads. I think that's all I've got this week. Okay. Well, I'm excited. I didn't realize cheesesteaks were already coming up, but I guess I should have known we're playing you a dub. Yeah, yeah. So I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 150 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to leave a comment, send a suggestion, ask a question, HeinrichTailgator, gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen, subscribe, leave a rating and review, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. And Beach, uh, I will probably see you on Saturday. Yeah, am I even going to be needed? I mean, you're running the cheesesteak show. Yeah, well, we'll, we're going to keep it pretty light, kind of like last week. So it'll be cheesesteaks and probably chips and dips and and veggies. So no deep deep fried stuff, but uh, it'll be good. All right. Sound good? Like I said, I'll work it out with Greg and we'll get it ready to go. Well, I'm excited to be all I have. Yeah, so uh, I wouldn't expect a post on that till probably Thursday. Okay. All right. Well, next week, Beach, show number 151. And hopefully this week we get a great big Beavers win. And until then, go Beavs. Beach, it is now time for the Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the so, Week Award. Is this is this Senator Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week Award? You know, you step all over my intros. I'm sorry. You you do it all the time. I get partway through and you step on it. Sorry. It's because we think too much alike. No, but see, you gotta let and me yet- but you see, you need to let me finish what I'm saying and then add your spot. Okay, sorry. See, I notice this all the time when I'm editing. I'll be going, and now blah, blah, and you go, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you're stepping well, on what I'm saying. Oh, there's sometimes I want to talk, and you never even let me get in. Well, I try to give you some pauses so you can go. Fine. Okay. Want to start this over? Oh, I am, and this is going to get edited out and put it at the end. Fucker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Start over, and I won't, I won't walk all over your crap. All right. I like beer. <laughs>